Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. A bit of a programming note here on KSL News Radio today. They're kicking me out of the studio early today. Can you believe that? Yeah. BYU men's basketball will tip off at 3 o'clock today, playing at San Diego State. Pre-game coverage of that game will commence uh, in just one hour from uh, right now. So what's that mean? Well, before the weekend, you and I only have one more hour to spend together. Hopefully that breaks your heart. It breaks mine. I'll miss you. Anyway, uh, we've been discussing the vaccine. There was a Pew research finding that caught my attention earlier today as I was looking through some of the data. In early May of this year, when asked, uh, 72% of Americans responded saying, yeah, I'll get the vaccine, of course, 72%. 72%. And then, only a few short months later, that had dropped by more than 20%. 51%, in fact, in September saying, eh, I don't think so. Nah. Half of America hesitant to get the vaccine. That and What caught my attention is that that number, to a certain degree, 10% specifically, has rebounded. 60% now of Americans, according to Pew Research, say they would get the vaccine. And so we are seeing efforts on the part of, well, just this morning, Vice President Pence, his wife, the Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, in a public, very public fashion. He can't get more public than uh, you know live television broadcast coast to coast and around the globe. Getting the vaccine. Uh, I shared with you some of the words spoken by Vice President Pence as he received the vaccine. He talked about the historic nature of what's going on and then put a plea out for uh, all those who uh, you know, find themselves able to get the vaccine. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Utah Representative John Curtis. I want to talk to him about the vaccine and also ask him about some of the goings on in Washington right now. But before we do, uh, I want to just go back to that event this morning where the vice president, his wife and the surgeon general got their vaccines. In terms of the the data, in terms of the studies, in terms of the polling, there is a a trend among minority communities and people of color to be even more hesitant to receive this vaccine. I want to play this portion of the remarks delivered by uh, Dr. Adams, uh, who is black, the Surgeon General Jerome Adams. He, after receiving his dose of the vaccine, urged other people of color to trust the vaccine. Thanks to the scientists and doctors who reviewed it, particularly those of color, and the study participants who bravely volunteered to demonstrate its safety and efficacy. Just want to get that out there uh, and, and get that aspect of the message communicated because it's important, right? Everyone, uh, if we're going to get to this herd immunity, uh, we need to up the support for this vaccine. Uh, joining me on the now uh, on the program now, Utah Congressman John Curtis, sir. How are you? Hey Lee, very good, thank you. 
I want to talk to you about the vaccine and a tweet you put out recently saying that when it's your turn that you will roll up your sleeve and get that. Uh, but but first, can I ask you for just an overall uh, what the heck's going on in Washington report? Oh, <laughs> well, you know very well. Um, we get criticized for a lot here in Washington, D.C., and sometimes I feel like it's not deserved. But I'll tell you what, right now, it's absolutely uh, deserved. We're, we're at our height of dysfunction. We can't budget. Uh, we can't come to terms on COVID relief. And we can't even determine um, when or how we will. So does that sound a little negative? Sorry, I didn't mean to be so negative. No, I, that, that's that's what I've been seeing. That's been my analysis of things. Uh, do you, now, if I force you to predict, do you think this gets tied up before the weekend? Are we CR until Monday? What, what's going to happen? Um, I, I, um, I would dare guess. I do feel that we're quite confident before year end we'll have this tied up. Uh, it might be through a continuing resolution. Um, a, a little side note, um, there's an, an anticipation that the president will veto um, the, um, the military uh, funding, and that would bring us back uh, between Christmas and New Year's. And so if it didn't happen this week, my guess is it would happen that week. You think the president follows through on that threat? I do. Yeah, I, I actually do. I, we'll see. Um, uh, the president has never been bashful uh, from uh, doing disruptive things, right? And so I, 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 he said he's going to do it. I, I, I'll take him at his word that he probably will. All right. Well, we'll we'll continue to watch and see and hope and cross our fingers. Uh, best of luck to you. Whatever whatever you can do to encourage things to move along. <laughs> Uh, you know me. Please encourage uh, those folks to get to work. Let me ask you now. You, uh, the other day, put out a tweet. You linked a, a Deseret News editorial board uh, essay talking about how there are some folks of very high profile, in fact, uh, living former presidents of the United States, many of whom who have said, listen, uh, when it's our turn in line, our sleeves will be rolled up. We will receive this vaccine. In that tweet, you said uh, that you personally, you have full confidence and will gratefully take it when it's your turn. Why Why is it important to communicate that for people in your uh, you know, position of prominence? Well, listen, um, for some reason, I, I listened to the stats you quoted about how um, we, we've dropped in the number of people who are willing to take it. And I think elected officials in many cases have to own that. Um, we made it political, and I don't mean me personally, but as a group, we made it political, and I think that's a shame and, and really unfortunate. This should not be political, and I want to do all that I can to kind of write that course and, and, and confirm to people that, that this is a good thing, that, that we need to be doing this. Uh, imagine we, we've had just this incredibly crazy year. What could be more crazy than to get to this point and have the, 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 the remedy for the cure for this and people not being willing to take it. It just adds to the further craziness of this year. I got a text message on this topic just before the commercial break, and it reads uh, sort of along the same lines as what you've shared. It says, Lee, I think what you're seeing is the results of the election being over and the disinformation campaign by both parties going away. The hyperbole and the vitriol is gone in some degree. Now, the, the, the trend of American support for this vaccine started high in May, dropped very low in September, and is now creeping back. Do you think this texture has any reason? Sure. And, and I think that's my point in uh, saying, look, I'll, I'll roll up my sleeve. Is I, I just want to be one of those on the right side of this debate, encouraging people to do it. Um, there's too much at stake uh, not to do it. Um, I, I think of all the crazy things that we do in our lives. This is not one of the crazy things to take this vaccine. And, 
and I hope uh, that as people get their turn, that they'll step up and, um, and readily take the vaccine. You're comfortable and confident that there are no microchips sneaking in, that there's no fudging of the numbers <laughs> on the part of Pfizer. We've got a real safe and effective vaccine. Listen, if they want to put a microchip in me, there's a lot easier ways to do that, right? <laughs> and I, uh, yes, I'm confident that we don't have microchips in the vaccine. Very good. Uh, I'll tell you what, we have about 60 seconds left. Uh, could I invite you, please, to speak directly to the 40%, those who are still a bit hesitant? What's your plea to those folks? Well, listen, I understand concerns, uh, and, you're, and you're right to have concerns. But I would just, uh, my plea would be that you take a look at the record of this. Uh, those in the scientific community and the medical community who have validated that this is uh, the right thing for us, uh, listen to those authorities that we trust really with, with in so many other aspects of our life. And um, hopefully uh, they'll, they'll gain the comfort level to, to take the vaccine when it's their turn. Congressman John Curtis, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for setting an example. And listen, could you get your friends in line and get some stuff done back there in Washington? I'm on it, Lee. That's, that's <laughs> the way. Thanks so much. Congressman John Curtis joining us uh, here on KSL News Radio. We're going to take a, a quick break. Uh, don't forget, about 45 minutes from right now commences pregame coverage of BYU men's basketball taking on San Diego State. Tip off at 3 o'clock. We'll bring it to you live here on KSL News Radio. In the meantime, we'll step away, come back with more on, get this. COVID-infected mink out in the wild. Details ahead. They're fascinating. Here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.